this new album of yours, Pictures, how does it differ to the previous ones? Well, this is actually the third album that I've made with uh, Mike Bout, my producer and, and collaborator on the first two. And because it's predominantly the same creative team, um, we did actually wanted to go for something a bit different to cover ground that we hadn't really done in the first two. And uh, one of the ways in which we did that was there was a point in the, in the making of this album where it was going to be a concept album. And that concept was going to be a soundtrack to a fake Tarantino film. But what happened is as we wrote, some of the best songs didn't really fit that concept and we abandoned it. However, um, there's still even though we abandoned the concept, the, the, some of the songs still have that filmic kind of theme in them. There's a song called Mary Pickford, um, which is about the actress. There's a song called Scary Films. There's a sort of spaghetti western-style song. Um, there's also a reggae song, which I never really would have done on the first album. <laughs> you sound so surprised. It's just, yeah, I know. I, I, well, I mean, I wrote it, mm. and I, I, was, I was surprised when, when I wrote it with Mike that it mm. came out as a reggae track. I think people that like the first two will like this one, um, but it's it also you know it covers new ground. Obviously, with pictures per se, it evokes the idea of reminiscences and, and cherished memories. What do you cherish from the past four years or so? I cherish growing up, and also, I don't feel like I've you know had to grow up in the limelight or that it's kind of inhibited my growth in any way and sort of just development as an artist. I think I, I do cherish that quite a lot. I, I love the fact that my music has been received so well and that I can make music and people like it and still kind of maintain a relatively normal life. Almost from the off with the album, it speaks of, of loss and the what-ifs. How much do these songs give you answers to the questions that you're asking and the observations that you're making, Katie? Well, I mean, and some, sometimes they give a lot. I mean, that particular song, however, is the lyrics were predominantly written by Mike and I sort of predominantly did the music. Um, incidentally, the song that gives me or actually taught me something about myself more than anything else was um, the cover on that album, which is in My Secret Life. It was a song that was written by Leonard Cohen. And what was really kind of insightful about that was that it deals with this subject where, you know, when you're young and you have these ideals and kind of naive kind of concepts about life and about yourself. Oh, yes. Um, you know, some, for example, like I, I never wanted to live a sort of a consumerist lifestyle or, or live in a, um, a country where sort of capitalism ruled and that kind of thing. And they seem like naive ideas, but that's, you know, that's what you have in your mind and you know, you grow up in your head, you sort of want to be different and you want to be brave, but you end up conforming and just doing what everyone else does. And, you know, and that realisation, I think it's quite, it's quite a brave one to do because, you know, I think we all do it. And it was just singing that song made me realise that about myself. Is that why you managed to stay away from the, the paparazzi then and uh, live your life ostensibly out of the limelight? Because you, you do still uphold that belief then. Yeah, maybe. I mean, I do uphold that belief, but I've, I know that, fundamentally you to be successful you have to sell out on on in in a small way on on some sort of degree and i mean i don't have any regrets and and i'm hugely grateful for what i've done but you know at the end of the day i've learnt or i've seen the politics that goes on behind the music business and sometimes it can be heartbreaking and sometimes it's just 
it's just what it is and you have to deal with it. But yeah, maybe, I, I don't know if that's the reason why I've stayed out of the celebrity type of the limelight. Um, I've just always, I've never really been attracted to fame just sort of for fame's sake. Or you're going to restaurants nobody's found yet. That could be one. <laughs> that helps. <laughs> Star People and Katie Melio here will come back to our conversation in just a short time. Katie Melio is my guest on this morning's Star People. Now, the video for If You're a Sailboat, the single, Katie, has, has both these sort of magical and, and lavish production values to it. You know, for much of it, you're, you're taken kind of wherever the tide or conditions take you. What are you saying about yourself in that? Oh, um, well, I think it's probably, I mean, I've, I actually, it's funny, it's a very insightful question because no one's asked me about how that video represents me as a person. I always viewed the video as something that represented the song. Mm. Uh, but if I were to analyse or compare the video to myself, then, yeah, I could maybe draw a comparison between my kind of attitude of, I'm I'm quite I'm quite a chilled out person and I do tend to be quite patient with things and and let things just sort of happen and you know see where sort of life takes me and I try not to force things so what what do I mean by that like I I try like I don't really want to say change my di- my musical direction just for the sake of being cool you know I want it to happen naturally and and when the time is right and and in the video it's the surroundings that change rather than you know, the person in the boat, and so she kind of gets carried away by, you know, by the current, I suppose. So, yeah, it could, you know, you could kind of analyse it in that way. What, what sort of other things does a video have to do for, for your music, Katie, to reflect it? I think it has to help communicate the song. I mean, even as an interpreter, that's, I think to me that's the most essential thing when you have a song, especially when it's not your own, when you haven't written it. You have to be able to communicate, you have to understand it, and you have to get the message across and then the video has to kind of enhance that so something that represents a song not necessarily in a really obvious way it doesn't have to represent exactly what the lyrics say but it has to sort of in a subtle way kind of bring across the message that's already in the song there's this lovely and sort of knowing sequence right at the end of it where you look down and and we see it's just a set you're not on the open seas, you know, or wherever. I mean, where does the, the knowing thread come from and does it does it recur on pictures? It's almost self-referential, I suppose. Well, in some ways, I mean, it's nice. What what I liked about that video was I think you know from the very start that it's not it's not real, that it's not a real sea. And you see the you know the second me up in the rafters pulling the strings of <laughs> of the and changing the background. And I think in some ways I, I love being honest on records and sort of trying to be as open as possible with the audience. But sometimes I do love just being maybe, is it, I don't know if you'd call it an entertainer, but just singing a good song. And that can be perceived as quite uncool in the industry, which is quite frustrating. I mean, I don't see what's wrong with interpreting someone else's song or mm. doing an interesting... Um, you know, an interesting way of singing a song and communicating it in a, in a different way. And so, in a sense, just putting it in the box of it's just entertainment and you don't have to take it too seriously and don't take yourself too seriously sometimes. Star People is talking to Katie Melio this morning and the new album is called Pictures. On that album, Katie, just look at a different track, What I Miss About You, track four on the album, it gets angry, it's an angry song and, and others have 
a whimsy about them compared to that. I mean, when you play songs live, reliving that kind of that psychological arc, I mean, it must put you through the mill live. Do you, you sort of, how do you create the right mood around the gig to be able to play it? Well, you have to. I mean, the, because each song is so different in its you know emotional context, you can't actually get yourself in a zone before the gig because you know it's there's too many diverse feelings going on so um what happens is usually because you you've done it so many times you've sung it already before you you kind of as soon as the first chords start you, you you sort of let yourself get sucked into the song um and i don't know i find it's something that's quite automatic because if it's a good song and if you love it then it will you know it it will just happen that that kind of your emotions will sort of instantly spring to to what was there when you first wrote the song or when you first heard it. So it's, I think it's just something that happens sort of subconsciously and you, and you suddenly there. If it's a good song, it, it, it will sometimes make you feel the thing rather than the other way around. In the, and I say this in the most generous sense, Katie, the, the single, if you're a sailboat, it, it's a very brave, in the lyrical sense, you say things like, if you were a piece of wood, I'd nail you to the floor. You don't compromise your words. But once you've committed tracks to an album and there's you know no going back, how far do you have this sort of worry as an artist that some won't look into the layers of your lyrics and, and the sort of different way in which th- they work? That's sort of, you know, that's the risk you take as an artist. You know, any time you, you commit your work to a record. And, I mean, the way I look at it is, I mean, that slightly touches on the thing of often when artists say that, their last record they'll always say this is the best record I've made and I've always tried to shy away from that because I know that it's the best this record is the best record that I'm going to make now um and hopefully I'll just keep getting better and you know I think I do sometimes think it's unfair when people sort of judge you on work that you've made at a very young age but I you know for example so Call of the Search I think it's the best album I could have made at the age of 18 and Piece by Piece was the best album I could have made then and Mm. you just have to you know, it's that courage of, of letting go of of your of your work. You know, you have to just commit it to music and and hope that it will, you know, reach some people. It pro- you know, you can never please everyone. So um, there's no point in kind of sort of you know struggling with that and trying to just please everyone. But you know, you just try just do your best and and hope that it will reach some people. You're very meticulous uh, watching you giving direction to the orchestra through Mike um, and when Mike's conducting. That must be a very liberating experience to do that. Yeah, it's pretty fun. I mean, me and Mike do work really closely when it comes to trying to present the songs in terms of production. I mean, he is the producer, so because you know he's had so much experience at it and he really knows the best way to kind of, I suppose, produce me these days because we work together for such a long time. Um, and he has such a great way of getting a song across, you know, without making the production be the focal point, which I think is often the thing that lets a lot of songs today fall down. There's a lot of production that you have to get through before, you know, before you can actually just hear the song, you know, simply with its melodies and lyrics. But no, I, I mean, I do try and get involved with the arrangement and things like that, but uh, he's, you know, he's pretty amazing at it. And, and, you know, the odd occasion, there'll be things that he's gotten wrong and there'll be things that I've gotten wrong. And, and we're pretty good at just keeping each other's work sort of consistently high. Now we shall do the relevant release dates, Katie, when you've uh, departed the uh, the Star Breakfast. Um, what about live dates? Will we get a chance to see you live? Yeah, hopefully um, next year. I mean, there aren't any specific dates planned yet, but I'm pretty sure we're going to be doing going on a world tour in okay. January.
great stuff. We'll look out for the website and uh, all the relevant details, I'm sure, will appear there. Uh, Thank Katie, you. Uh, may I say, great to speak to you again. And, yeah, uh, you too. And uh, it's definitely the best album you've made now, <laughs> as oh, you said yourself. Oh, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> no, really good to talk to you. Thanks for your time. Yeah, you too. Thank you. Bye.